Hello, Pod. I'm Chris Hewitt, and welcome to the latest episode of The Ranking. Yes, that's right, an episode of The Ranking, an actual episode of The Ranking out in the wild. I know they are not as regular as they should be. I'm working on it. But this isn't just an episode of The Ranking. This is also the latest excerpt, if you will, our latest gift to you from the all-day celebrations we held back in February to mark episode 500 of the podcast. It was an all-day celebration at King's Place, Uh, featuring a number of live versions of your favourite Empire podcast formats, including an episode of The Ranking, which was dedicated to the one, the only, Nicolas Cage. So you're about to hear that right now. Uh, I'm not on this one, I'm just here to introduce it, and I'm here to introduce myself introducing it, if that makes any sense. And then after that, you're going to get an hour or so of Helen O'Hara, John Nugent, Amon Warman, Nick DeSemlian, and Dan Jolin talking about Nicolas Cage. Do please... Enjoy, and see you for the next ranking, whenever that may be. Soon, I hope. Enjoy. The Ranking Live! Hello, Pod. Uh, I'm Chris Hewitt. Welcome to a live edition of The Ranking, only our second ever live episode of The Ranking, as part of our epic all-day celebration. Halfway through. You can do it of episode 500 of the Empire podcast. The ranking, in case you didn't know, gathers together a group of Empire writers and they argue the toss about a series of films and come up with an empirical, or if you will, empirical, top 10. Now, the subject of this live ranking, we put out to the public vote and you guys chose a doozy. You said no to the Muppets. You basically ignored M. Night Shyamalan completely. Uh, and actually, you did quite, quite like, I think it was 1989, no, ni- no, 2012, which was the year that the podcast was launched. But instead, you chose Nicholas Kim Coppola, better known to you guys as Nicholas Motherfucking Cage. Oh, yes, indeed. And an actor, this wild at heart, that's one of his films, uh, deserves a panel to match. I'm going to be ducking out in this one because I need a break. But you will be in capable hands. First up to lead you through this cage match is our geek queen, a woman who knows the A, B, C, D, E, F, G of cage. It's Helen O'Hara! Hello! Next up is a man who has just stolen a Declaration of Independence. Again! It's Nick DeSemlian! Portrait goal! Oh, oh, oh. oh man, I wish I was doing this. <laughs> I love Nicholas Cage. Next up is a man who could eat a peach for hours. And a banana for seconds, and believe me, I've seen him do it. It's... Really quite something. It's Dan Jolin! (laughs) 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 Oh my God. That's very good. Yeah, I was going to say, you're a film journalist, mate. You have no money to throw into the audience. Next up, a man who was made for the sewer baby, and he is the king! It's Amon Warman! (laughs) What's that? 
I love that you decided to come on and just basically river dance your way onto the stage. Nicholas Cage does a bit of river dance. Last but not least, a man who never disrobes before gunplay, John Eugene! <laughs> I'm not going to do a kick. All right, folks, I'm off to see Knowing. Take it away. Vote for Knowing. Right, so uh, first memories of Cage. Are we, a, are we a fan? Actually, this is something we always discuss, and I was really having difficulty with Nicolas Cage remembering, because I think, you know, he, he, he was just always there. Um, uh, probably, I would say, Raising Arizona, I think, would be the first one that I really remember. Then maybe Wild at Heart. Um, and I, I, for some reason, I remember the posters for Zanderley, but I've never seen it. Zanderley is his erotic thriller with Judge Reinhold. <laughs> True. Are they are they erotic together or? It's a love triangle. It's an erotic triangle. Oh, okay. okay. I, I was like, I haven't seen that one myself, so I was like, did they romance each other? It was groundbreaking for the time, but no, I guess not. It's very steamy. It's very steamy. For me, my first really vivid memory of Nick Cage is going to see Connor while I was at school, and we had a lot of cider. I was in Bath, you have to. And then went to see Connor. I, it's the best way to see it. Drink <laughs> a lot of cider. cider. I'm pretty sure everyone involved was very drunk on cider. You at were still time. at school when Connor came out. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I'm very young. So yeah, I think depressing. I, I mean, <laughs> Yeah, I, th I think I think all of us would have been Dan, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All, all except for you, Dan. Yeah, yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Well, Nicholas Cage is ten years older than me, so that's good. There you so go. there you there go. go. Connor was ninety-seven, then I would have been eight. Um, <laughs> yeah, all you. right, get out. <laughs> I'll leave. Uh, I think for me, it might have been The Rock. Um, it was my first Nicholas Cage movie. It took a while to get to the even crazier <laughs> Nicholas Cage entries that I'm sure we're about to discuss, but that was that was a good one to start off with, I think. Yeah, I think it was Con Air for me as well, because I think somebody at my school just kept saying, put the bunny back in the basket. <laughs> box, box. In the box, I'm so sorry. Sorry, and I just, I can't Put the lotion in the basket. Put the bunny in the box and the lotion <laughs> in the basket. Right. It's easy to confuse. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I didn't know what was being talked about, and then, and then I did. And uh, yeah, it's, it's quite good, isn't it, Con Air? It's quite good, yeah. I, it's a good film. Well, I mean, do we want to, well, how do we want to do this? Do we want to go chronologically? Do we want to go, like, there's kind of eras of Nicolas Cage, it feels like. Yes. There's yeah. the sort of establishing himself, kind of young up-and-comer. There's the cult hero bit. And then kind of post-leaving Las Vegas, there's the action hero. And then all the years where he's just screaming at people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all, there's a little bit of wilderness years there in the early noise, isn't there? He had a rom-com phase. I mean, he, he, did? He, sort of, yeah, he was a yeah. bit of a McConaughey yeah. for a little bit. Mm -hmm. It wasn't full McConaughey. He never went full oh, McConaughey. I mean, you know, honeymoon in Vegas. Yeah, yeah, no. It could happen to you. That sort of time. Yeah. I'm trying. I nearly went leaving Las Vegas, but that's not a rom com. Not a rom com. Um, Very no, different Las Vegas. Kind of, kind of no, no, a loose no. rom com. Yeah. <laughs> Loosely defined as a there's rom in it. Yeah. There's, there's some rom. A bit of rom. And, and there's and some unintentional com. Oh, and what do we call this era now? Is this the Gonzo years? Is this the the age of Cage? The that age. didn't mean that didn't mean anything. I know, but I like it. I think yeah. it works. You the know? paying like off his, his he, debts era, maybe. Well, I but know. I think he's kind of done that now, and now he's yeah. doing the kind of weird shit. Well, he calls it yeah. nouveau shamanic, nouveau shamanism, or mega yeah. acting. He's actually used that phrase, <laughs> <Wow>. mega acting. <laughs> It's true. 
Yeah, you Do can't. You know, I mean, he does. It is a lot of. It's maximalist it's, acting, yes. isn't it? Yeah. It's arguably all the acting. <laughs> a little bit extra. Maybe too much. You know. What? No. Has science gone too far? Who can no. say? It's interesting because while the, he's definitely prone to mega acting, I love this phrase. I'm going to be using it for everything. Um, recently, like the film which is definitely made my top 10 is Pig. And I wouldn't call that mega acting. I'd call yep. that very understated, very subdued in a very great way. Um, so he's capable of that as well. And I like that he's bringing that back. But he can do that. Like Leaving Las Vegas is mm. quite internal and quite restrained. He has that in him. He just chooses not to. He does scream a bit in Leaving Las Vegas. He does. I watched like it again that. last night and there's, yeah. there's a bit of screaming. Yes. But Red Rock West is one of my favorites just because it's very dialed down. He does <laughs> shout fuck Mexico at one point. But he's, <laughs> Nobody's perfect. There's only one. Yeah, he has to get it out. But other than that, he's like very restrained and he can do, he's great at either end of the scale. Yeah. No, Red Rock West is not one that I expected to to make the list, but quite a few people voted for it. <laughs> yes. I'm on might have had something to do with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, we were searching for a link to Red Rock West, and I put it in Google. And crazily, it was on page one. Somebody just put a Vimeo link of the film. I was like, guys, I've got a Vimeo link of Red Rock West. Uh, you should all watch it. And I you know, think Nick and then John. I don't know why I went Nick and then John. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm John. I'm John. Yeah. I'm Nick. Nick and then John. Uh, both sides to watch it. Dan, did you also? I watch watched it as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone watched the link. So you you're welcome, now. is what I want to say first yeah. of all. Um, but yeah, no, I really, really dug it. Really great plot, uh, which went uh, ways I didn't expect. Um, and I really, yeah, really enjoyed. It. It's very high on my list. It's one of those great films where one bad decision sparks the entire plot. That's yeah. One decision where. He rolls into town and then, you know, this guy says, I've got a job for you and thinks he's someone else. Mm. He thinks he's, you know, Dennis Hopper, who's like the evil Johnny Cash. And uh, yeah, and it just it escalates from there. But again, that's something Cage does very well. Men, tormented men, men out of their depth, you know, that kind of mm-hmm. uh, men who are caught in a situation spiraling out of control. Yeah, he's very yeah. good at, at pathos, at angst, at, at frenzy, at terror, at panic. Like genuinely, like <laughs> yeah. all of those things are kind of yeah. run through a lot of his films. Yeah, now, that's what makes him so interesting. He's so unpredictable. Yeah. You never really know what you're going to get. You can be over the top and be doing the absolute most. And there's a lot of films which fit that description, but he can be understated. He can be the understated man in a film that is over the top. You just never know with him. And it makes him really, really interesting to watch when he's on his game. This is why I think Mandy is the ultimate Nick Cage film. Because it has every dimension of Nick Cage. In the sort of first hour, you've got this sort of understated, contemplative, quite sad Nick Cage. Uh, And then it all goes a bit tits up, let's say. (laughs) A bit crazy. And you get him like screaming in his tighty whities in a bathroom, like chugging vodka. Uh, So you've got like the crazy freak out Nick Cage. uh, And then he fights a guy with a chainsaw. I mean, it has a a chainsaw duel. Chainsaw Chainsaw duel. Jousting. We don't see enough of that. There's not enough of that in modern cinema. Um, But yeah, Mandy also has all six different varieties of Nick Cage screaming. That's right. All six. I've I've, I've studied them and broken them down. He does all six. So in that way, it's it's amazing. Um, and then there's like Bad Lieutenant, which oh my god, fucking oh amazing. Did, did any of you guys put it on your list? Are we yes. allowed to? It's yeah. on my list. Yeah, it yeah, didn't quite list. make mine, but he does. He he doesn't yell at the iguana, but no. there's, an, there's an iguana. Yeah, yeah. And he's got a lucky crack pipe. <laughs> this is true. Um, the amazing, you know, the range of this guy. The same year he released Bad Lieutenant, he also uh, played a mole called Speckles in the film G Force. 
Um, so, you know, he's a versatile actor. Yeah, there is, there is one thing we should, we should address before, long before we get to the top 10. We had a long debate over whether to include Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse and sort of by extension, Teen Titans go to the movies. We have come to the conclusion that they're not... <laughs> Here, we we analysed them. We there analyzed, were no chainsaw jewels. No. So, yeah. <laughs> we felt that while, especially Spider Verse, is an astonishing film, it's you would n in no way ever describe it as a Nick Cage film. If you were describing it, some of there is there is no scenario where you say it's a Nick Cage film. I think you know if if you're going by just purely the quality of the films, Spider Verse would probably be yeah. it will top be five, my, if not be my top one. one. Yeah. Um, top, top, uh, top three. Uh, uh, oh, hang on, it's scribbled out here. Anyway, yeah, 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 yeah. But it's it, it is essentially a cameo, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's a really great cameo, though. Wherever I go, the wind follows. I mean, and the wind <laughs> smells like rain. <laughs> Such good life. Teen Titans go to the movies as well. Is amazing. Yep, I love amazing. that film. Yeah. And he finally fulfilled his dream of playing Superman. Yep. But. Doesn't quite count. No, it doesn't quite count. I it, wanted to see him actually play Superman. It would have been amazing if you've seen. I mean, well, it would have been. It might not have been amazing. I'll be honest. Looking at all the Superman films since, but you know, he 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 cares about that character. I mean, Henry Cavill named his dog Kal El. <laughs> Nicholas Cage named his son. QED. <laughs> So but, yeah, so those aren't those aren't in our list. I'm, yeah. I'm just going to a little bit of trivia for you though. Yeah, going back to Red Rock West for a second. In that film, Dwight Yoakam does call Nicolas Cage Spider-Man, which, which, which is a nice little bit of psychic foreshadowing, I thought. Wow. It's all connected. Yeah. Would you describe that film as a noir? Would you say that's Spider-Man noir? Well, it is, yeah. It's, it's a Western noir, <laughs> a Western neo-noir, yeah. So, oh, I see, you were, you were giving, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Always two steps behind. <laughs> And then, of course, in uh, Kick-Ass, he plays Batman. He plays Batman. I'm sorry, sorry, Big Daddy. Very different I'm sorry, character. Big Daddy. I'm, look, uh, I, I said this to you on the WhatsApp message as well. I know that there's a very easy comparison to make there, but Batman doesn't kill. And oh, Big Daddy kills. Come on, and come on. Can we, can we just call He's it not actually Batman, no, is Don't evoke that name if you're not going to do it right, is what I'm saying. No, but <laughs> it's, his, it's his homage to Adam West, right? It's, yeah. It's, and yeah. he's so good in that film. He's yeah. like... He's yeah. really funny and also very like sweet and has gets a proper emotional payoff. Yeah. And he shoots a child point blank in the chest. John, John, we need to talk about this again. Don't, don't ch shooting children, not good. <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's sure. Yeah. It also has my personal favorite Nicolas Cage line reading, uh, which go on. You want to attempt it? <laughs> now switch to kryptonite. That one. <laughs> the, the, very good. The Nicolas Cage impressions begin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, I'm going to take your jacket off. Are you gonna, oh my goodness. Are you going to do the Wogan thing? Are you going are you, are you to take your shirt off as well? Are you promoting your magazine here no. with this t-shirt? No, no, this is just completely natural. Okay. Dan Joel, an editor of Senate magazine there, everybody. Um, well done. <laughs> Should we talk about the action movies? Because I feel like they're going to be on some top tens. I make no predictions. But the sort of the holy trinity of Nicolas Cage action movies of The Rock, Con Air, and Face Off made in a fairly short space of time and somehow trans immediately transforming him from indie darling, cult hero to big A-lister. It was almost like directly after he, he won his Oscar, right? It was like... 
that those three films came just after leaving Las Vegas, and holy shit, they're good, aren't they? Yeah. It's I, like it's like Jim Carrey's you know trilogy of comedies in '94 or whenever yeah. it was. It's like such a good run. Con Air was number one. Was the first out of those? Then the the Rock. No, I think it was The Rock. The Rock was number one. Yeah. Because what's amazing about The Rock is he replaced Arnie. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> was going to play Stanley Goodspeed. Yeah. Which I really want to talk mean, to the producers of this film. Yeah. What was the rest of that list like? <laughs> Just exchanging like for like crazy. It's, that's a bit mad. Yeah, yeah, I think I think they did the right thing there, didn't they? I mean, Cage is, makes more sense as a Stanley mm-hmm. than Arnold Schwarzenegger. But, um, <laughs> true. He's not one of nature's Stanleys, really. He's not a natural Stanley. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do love Stanley Goodspeed as a character name. I think it's one of the best. Although Nick has been doing some research and may have found some others in terms of Nicholas Cage character names. <sighs> Don't go, think- Nick. I don't think you can beat Memphis Reigns. I don't think you can beat Memphis, Memphis Reigns. Reigns. It's a very short list I've made. It's just that. And I, <laughs> I put an asterisk next to it. So. What about Speckles? Oh, that's a good point. Strong. I put a vote for Speckles. But no, for me, it's, it's all about The Rock. That's probably, but um, spoiler, that is my favourite. I think and I, I put that at Agreed. One. Yeah, definitely. I absolutely adore The Rock. And I think, I think, you know, I think it's got an incredible Nick Cage performance, great chemistry with, um, with um, Sean Connery. All that fantastic, massively macho Michael Bayness, that incredible script which Tarantino and Sorkin did wow. script doctoring on. <laughs> I mean, it's embarrassing. I yeah, I, I absolutely love The Rock. It's a great film. It even has a Criterion Collection Blu-ray, I mean, which is well deserved. But it falls down in one area. Does Nicolas Cage take his face off? And <laughs> does he does he put someone else's face on? <laughs> I checked. He doesn't. He doesn't. Oh no. Well, I, I stand corrected there. I do think I do love Face Off for showing that he's better than John Travolta as a baddie or a goodie. <laughs> I yeah. mean, Face Off is maybe the most purely enjoyable watch. It's just so insane, and every time I watch it, I I am just sort of it, it makes me giggle in a way that other films don't. You know. Can we just uh, talk about the first ten minutes of Face Off where he impersonates a priest? <laughs> <laughs> That's in like the first 10 seconds. <laughs> I mean, a lot happens in the first 10 minutes of that it's film. It's just so wild. He's doing the most from minute one in that film. And it's great. He's got two golden guns that he has a little special box for. And someone brings him the box. <laughs> I mean, it's the best villain. Yeah. Now, Face Off is my number one, closely followed by number two, The Rock. Spoiler. Um, so that is how I'd rank those two action movies. But they're both really, really great. And, you know, Face Off as well, just the, act- the acting challenge of acting two characters and switching between them is is really, really impressive just on the performance level before you get to the gonzo-ness of it all. It's it's kind of a shame we're doing this before we see um, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Yes. Which is out later this year and apparently has the Golden Guns from Face Off in it. (laughs) Like it's kind of like a... (laughs) <laughs> like a tour of Nicolas Cage's highlights of his career and there's like a wax statue of Nicolas Cage holding the golden guns in it. Are um, we going to see Nicolas Cage and Pedro Pascal switching faces? <laughs> it could happen. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, because if not, like Nick's going to mark it down. So. <laughs> this just went to number one most anticipated film of 2022 for me. This is amazing. Yeah. Can't wait. I think maybe we should reserve a number one top spot for uh, <laughs> our lists for this film. This is the film, if anyone doesn't know, where Nicolas Cage is going to play himself, who's hired by uh, a drug lord who's a big Nicolas Cage fan to come and entertain him at his birthday party. <laughs> but Nicolas Cage is hired by the CIA. To, yes. to, to, to like wiretap the guy or something. It's going to be fucking just, crazy. Also, just a standard plot. 
you but know. also he's visited by visions of himself as a younger man. So there'll be a de-aged, CGI de-aged Nick Cage from the 90s. I think this is incredible. We're going to need a ter- one term beyond mega acting. It's yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like mega acting doubled. <laughs> Neo Nouveau shame. <laughs> That's right. There it is. Hashtag that. Yeah. I have to say, when he, do you remember when he came into the office for a web chat? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that was it. You were, you were, was it with you? Was it? Well, remember. Helen was typing. I was typing for him. for him, yeah. I just remember something about him walking in the woods and finding the perfect stick. To yeah, no, 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 no. A... Better than that, he went to a haunted forest. Ah, oh, that's it. Yeah. He went to a haunted forest when he was shooting Ghost Rider 2 and, um, and, and met an old man walking with a bundle of wood okay. and asked the old man if he could have a stick. And he took it home and he carved it into a wizard's staff. Now, I was convinced when he was telling this story that he was going to say he looked in the rearview mirror and the old man had vanished. He did say, no, 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 no. He said that. He did? Yeah, he said that. He said he turned around, the old man was gone. Well, there you yeah, go. It's, so it's that's incredible. why it's in my head. Yeah. But yeah, he was also delightful to type because I was typing and, you know, I'm, I'm relatively fast, but I'm not super fast. So every time I had to ask him to pause for a second so I could catch up with what he was saying, he would sit like this in the meantime. <laughs> It's true, it's true. As if physically keeping that thought in place. I love that he went from the anecdote about the vanishing old ghost man in a forest mm. to his favourite sandwich. <laughs> Cheese. <Yeah. laughs> it was a better sandwich than that. Yeah, he, he was lovely. Uh, he, was, he was absolutely lovely. But, uh, but yeah, it was, a, it was a day. It was a wonderful day. I interviewed day. him near Dracula's Castle. I did a set Ooh. visit on Ghost Rider 2 and it was berserk. <laughs> it was crazy. He was acting out the Ghost Rider bits and he was just like crawling around on the floor and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And the directors went, he didn't need to do this. <laughs> like the, the stunt guy was going to do this. They were going to change his head. But shamanism, man. He I mean, if, if we're it. talking about, you know, future films that could be on the list as well, he's, he's about to play Dracula, mm. right? Yes. Um, this is like another one of, you know, a character that he's been obsessed with for, for years. And uh, I think he was, there was an interview recently where he said, yeah, I'm a goth. And uh, he apparently has a pet crow that he talks to, um, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah he's a, a crow that insults him. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Crow, crows are smart. You can befriend crows, apparently. Yeah. I think his pet crow is called Gooba. I think so. I, I, was, I was reading up on it. Um, yeah, he did Vampire's Kiss. That was like early yeah. on where he plays a guy who thinks he's becoming a vampire. And that's the film he famously ate the live cockroach for. Yeah, um, that was in his early like crazy method days where he had two teeth pulled out for a, a role. He had hot yogurt poured over his toes uh, for a love scene in something. I can't remember what. <laughs> I, what would that be? Me- you know what? Don't tell me what that was. <laughs> I don't want to know. Was that Zandali? Uh, wow. I, it, it, it was made, Judge Reinhold pouring Judge the yogurt. <laughs> yeah, it was Judge Reinhold's hot yogurt. But that's the thing with Cage. He commits, doesn't he? Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say he's disciplined. That doesn't seem like the right word for him. But he commits. And even if it's shit, he commits. And you've got to respect that, haven't yeah. you, really? But at some point, Prisoners of the Ghostland, <laughs> which has another one of my favorite Nicolas Cage line readings, which is one arm and one, that's the car! Which is great. The film no, itself is right. not great, but it's worth it for just that, to be honest. I, I never want to know the context for that, that line. <laughs> well, I think, it's, I think it's good to know the premise of Prisoners of the yeah, Ghostland, so right? He, he basically, I can't remember the exact premise, but I know that at some point he has a, suit put on him forcibly uh, with bombs in select places. One of those select places is his crotch. Yes. Um, and it goes off and bad things happen. 
Oh. Yes, Nicolas Cage basically spends half of the film with one testicle. Um, There's a good I can see why he's yelling about it. I mean, yeah, that would, that would, you know, I've seen, I've seen Jackass, so I know that that would. Oh, we're going to be talking about Jackass forever later. There's a lot of crotch action in that film. (laughs) (laughs) Not in the Judge Reinhold sense. This is a very different thing. Um, We should talk about his kind of cult years, though, right? Well, maybe we, maybe we start off with the early stuff. Maybe we start off with the, you know, Peggy Sue got married, Moonstruck, which is one of my favorites. Oh, Moonstruck's amazing. The sort of young, um, the young Nicolas Cage that they were kind of taking in a conventional direction and he just kind of wasn't going there. Is that fair to say? Well, I guess not if you look at Raising Arizona. True. Well, that's a different film. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, I've got to confess, I actually haven't seen a lot of those earlier Cage (gasps) films. I I don't know if that disqualifies me. Maybe you you shouldn't even count that as often. You've got a genuinely, (laughs) Moonstruck is freaking fantastic because... Mm everybody's on form in it. It's a great script. And uh, he's playing Cher's love interest. I mean, come on. He what plays a baker with a prosthetic hand and yeah. it's one of his most normal performances. <laughs> <laughs> That's like naturalistic cage. But he's great in it. He's like, so good. He um, does have like a cage that's like, you know, I lost my hand. I lost my bride. Which is a very sort of, you know, yeah. over the top thing. But o- overall, it is one of the more uh, understated cage performances, which it's, is still over the top. For, it's like, so most not people. understated. <laughs> it's only in, in relation to the rest of his work that you could yeah. possibly say that. He doesn't eat a cockroach. He just eats a no. baguette or something. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He really ate that baguette. For real. Wow. Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. With some hot yogurt. I committed. How many takes did they do of that? <laughs> I, I was quite late to Moonstruck. I hadn't seen it until like last year, but it's so good. It's so like... The chemistry between him and Cher is just great. insane. It's off the walls. It's like just this real charge to it. Um, and he was really good in those in the eighties and like early nineties, just playing like these hotheads who just like had like just a ball of energy that they couldn't couldn't deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, like I really love Wild at Heart. That's in my top ten, and he is just ridiculously good in that. Him and Laura Ledern. Um, there's a scene where. Uh, Laura Dern wants to ch- stop the radio in, the, in their car. They're driving along, and Nicolas Cage switches it to speed metal. And then they both <laughs> they both just get out in the desert and just do loads of karate kicks and dancing. And it's just amazing. Do. It's really good. It's a shame he didn't do more with David Lynch. Like that yeah. seems such a. I mean, maybe it's too much. <laughs> it's <laughs> too, um, but I would love to have seen more. Wild at Heart's great. It's got a horrible bit with like a brain coming out. So I, I don't like watching it too. No, often, I don't like that bit. It's a bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Valley Girl. Have you guys seen Valley Girl? Very different film to Wild at Heart, but um, yeah. he's great in that. It's very strange as well. Um, have you guys seen Never on Tuesday? I, th- I think I sent you guys a clip from this weird film where he has a cameo. He, he's 16 second cameo, but he's got like a nose that's that long. <laughs> Just wow. turns up in this film, talks in a high pitched voice, and then drives off. And it's <laughs> go to YouTube and watch it. It's it's nuts. Wow. I feel like we should talk about Never about Raising Arizona. Absolutely. Yeah. Raising Arizona is very high on my list. Mine too. Um, yeah, so that that's a funny one because it's it's where we sort of start seeing the the the, the cage of the future. But he's been he's being directed by the Cohen brothers, who we just didn't get on with. Like their styles mm. didn't like match that well, and yet the results are absolutely fantastic. I mean, I absolutely. You know, I mean, I love I like the voice. His voiceover, absolutely love. I love the character he plays. Kind of again, somebody quite beleaguered, you know, kind of, he creates his own problems, yep. obviously. Another hothead, basically. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and um, he's just so, he's just so much fun in that. I mean, just kind of like, he always looks 
a little bit sort of sad and a bit fed up, even like during the fight scenes. You know, there's the one who's trying to crawl away from Leonard Smalls, who he seems to have turned into by the time of Mandy, but anyway. <laughs> and, and, and he's just getting dragged back on, like, along the ground. He's just got this look on his face. He's like, oh, you know, oh, God. And I, yeah, I, I, love, I love that film. I love the fact that the Coen brothers decided to do something completely different from Blood Simple to show everyone that they could do something completely different. And I love that, yeah, we got to see this first flash of, of, of the future cage. He based that performance on Woody the Woodpecker. Like, <laughs> yes. And nails it. Doesn't he have that on? Yeah, he has a tattoo as well, but he just watched Woody Woodpecker cartoons and then did it in live action. Yeah. But he, he didn't like, he had lots of suggestions and the Coen brothers were like, yeah, yeah, all right. And then just completely ignored them. And I, th I think the word he used to describe them was uh, autocratic. I didn't know they didn't get on. Yeah. So is, is that why he hasn't worked with a lot of these great directors again? It might be. Oh, excuse me. Um, it's on silent. I'll put a cushion over it. Um, it might be because he doesn't tend to repeat collaborations a hell of a lot. Like you said, he didn't do another Lynch. He didn't do another Coen's. Um, he worked with, for some reason, he worked with Francis Ford Coppola a few times. That's weird. I wonder why um, that came up. <laughs> so they must have got on okay. I think they maybe had some kind of a connection. Um, who else has he worked with more than once? I'm sure there must be someone else he's worked with more than once. I mean, like once. Jerry Bruckheimer is a producer, but I don't know about directors. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, hang on. I think the director of Honeymoon in Vegas, whose name I can't remember, was someone he worked with more than once. So there you go. Good story. <laughs> Did the guy who directed National Treasure also direct National Treasure 2 Book of Secrets? Yes. <laughs> John Turtle. John Turtle. Oh, we've got Turtletor. some National Turtletor. Treasure fans in the audience. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Do you know about the National Treasure drinking game? If you drink every time they say Declaration of Independence. <laughs> you die. Yeah, you die. Yeah. But some, someone in our office, Seth, used to get so annoyed. She's like, once you notice... You can't stop noticing that they keep saying yeah. Declaration of Independence yeah. over and over again. Yeah. You do that drinking game, you better make sure you have the hospital on standby because yeah. you're not making, to the end, not making it to the end of that film. He also shouts Haggis in National Treasure 2, but he only, he only does that once. <laughs> you so, gotta yeah. do it. You gotta do it. Haggis! It's a blade to your whiskey! Well, that's the, that's the scene where he's pretending to be British, so he yeah. sings that famous British pretty, song, yeah. I've Got a Lovely Bunch of Coconuts. <laughs> yeah, he, he's uh, in uh, Buckingham Palace, right? And he's right. pretending to be yes. British, so he shouts, Haggis! Back as a mash! <laughs> he's not so good at accents, is he? Do you remember Captain Corelli's Mandolin? No, I've blocked it out. Oh, yeah. yeah. Bella Bambina. You know, oh, like, yes. And, and he's Italian-American. Well, I'm not sure that necessarily makes you good at an Italian well, accent. I, 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 I mean, we've I all guess. seen House of Gucci, so. <laughs> That's harsh. Is it though? Don't diss the gaga. -ga. Come on. <laughs> he's a real firecracker. <laughs> you know the difference between chocolate and shit? <laughs> it's the same, but they're very different. Might be Oscar nominated in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Oh, God. Let's hope. <laughs> anyway, back to, sorry, Nicolas Cage. Yes, Captain Corelli's mandolin. Yeah, I'm, that didn't make my top 10, I'll be honest. Didn't work. It didn't just work. didn't work. The whole film didn't work. I've never seen it. What, is, it, what is a mandolin? Um, it's, it's, it's like a small guitar. Yeah. Um, and I loved the book. Um, you know, I was an early adopter of the book, you know, you know before all those other people liked it. Um, but yeah, no, that didn't work. No, no chemistry at all, I thought, between Cage and... Um, the mandolin. Penelope Cruz, wasn't it? Penelope Cruz. Or the mandolin. Or the mandolin, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
that was one of the sort of the Oscar Beatty kind of films. You know, everyone thought that was going to be an Oscar-y film because it was he's a previous winner. She was, I think, a previous nominee at that point. The book was like on all the bestseller lists, and yeah, it was very bad. But adaptation was oh, I love a adaptation. bit more successful, wasn't mm. it? And got a bit more attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's absolutely he's brilliant in adaptation, and actually, it's so brilliantly made as well. I mean, there. Watch it again. There's just entire scenes where he's just acting with himself. It's him and him, the only two people in the room. And they're like talking over each other and stuff. like. And I, it's kind of, it's technically amazing. But as a performance, it's technically amazing as well. And, and yeah, I mean, it's such a, a great concept for a film. And I thought, you know, he was as both Charlie and Donald. Very lovable, very believable. Um, and guess what? That's very high on my list as well. But apparently, you're talking about, so Arnold Schwarzenegger was originally going to be Sandy Goodsby. <laughs> apparently, Tom Hanks was the first choice for Charlie oh. and Donald. Yeah. I mean, if he can act opposite a volleyball, he could probably act opposite <laughs> himself. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, adaptation is Nicolas Cage's double impact, which is the <laughs> highest, the highest honor I can bestow on it. <laughs> Should have been Van Damme. <laughs> There's your poster quote. Wow. <laughs> Sorry. Jean-Claude Van Damme in adaptation. <laughs> I want to see it. I want to see it. Woodwatch. Yeah. Would you though? I mean, Charlie, oh, Kaufman, yes. Charlie Kaufman's someone that Nicolas Cage should have worked with more. Like, that seems mm. like a real meeting of minds. Yeah. It, it, that is very high on my list, adaptation. I mean, that is a film where the, the screenplay kind of draws attention to itself so much i mean he's literally the screenwriter is the main character in the film but but he's still like cage is still his performance is almost the best thing in it like apart from the all this meta stuff he's just so good and he is he brings so many dimensions to that performance he's understated and he's a, a little overstated as well um, <laughs> yeah, i'm excited to see more meta stuff soon yes so, exactly yeah it's by far the best film that uh, Nicolas Cage stars in alongside John Cusack and John Malkovich. <laughs> hey. hey. Hang on. Hang on. I mean, that's a lovely segue to talk about Con Air, which we have not discussed nearly enough. But hey. I, I mean, Con Air is so ridiculous. It's so over the top. It's so completely ludicrous that I feel like, you know, you have to love it. Or you're just but I don't, this. and yet I don't. You don't like Connor. You don't like Face Off either, do you? Nope. Oh. What? What? Take your wrongness nope. elsewhere. Be gone. So you even have his hair from Connor. No, it was my hair, hair first. <laughs> Dan, whenever you get off a plane, do you just sort of stand there and go? <laughs> In slow mo. I yeah. love using that gif. It's wonderful. <laughs> it's a great gif. Yeah. yeah, it's up there with the the adaptation one of him just there looking really stressed. Yeah. Whenever I get writer's block. But yeah, no, I, I love Con Air. And it's just as impressive just on a body level as well, because I think the, the rock was right before that. Um, he, he looks completely different from the rock to Con Air. He got jacked for Con Air, um, and it really shows on screen. Dan, there's a bit where he gets shot and just keeps walking. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Bollocks. <laughs> no, it's, it's I, you know, I think that and, and Face Off, what I like to think of as high-end Tosh. Okay. Yes, and 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 you Correct. can either yes. you can go with it, or or it will just it will just it will just annoy you, and it just annoy they both just annoy me. I'm <laughs> but, I'm sorry. I know I'm an outlier. I get it. But um, maybe maybe I'm just sticking to my guns a little bit too hard because I've been pushed into this position on the fringe, and I'm just thinking I'm gonna I'm gonna keep this position <laughs> by hook or by crook. Um, but no, I just 
for whatever reason, and I've talked about this before, actually, I think it was the, what year did they come out? The, we did the ranking for the year that they both came out, 97? 97. 97. Yeah. And I talked about this quite a lot there, so I'm not going to bore everyone by going over it again, but for whatever reason, neither of them clicked for me, and I went into them thinking I'd love them. I went into them completely like, I'm going to love these, and they just just kind of annoyed me. But you've got, like, Steve Buscemi as a serial killer who's who's kind of almost the sanest person on the planet. Who wore somebody's head for a hat and then na, 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 na. Wow. Dan, you're kind of annoying me. <laughs> Cyrus, the virus, Grissom. A man they na- only named Cyrus so they could rhyme it with virus. Yes, yes. Well, it must no be one's good because Cyrus. it rhymes. Put the Jolin back in the box. <laughs> Yeah, so, you're sorry. Not the basket. <laughs> not <laughs> so what about his more recent stuff? Because it's been an incredibly eclectic mix the last year, few years. We mentioned Mandy, quickly mentioned Pig, but there's stuff like The Color Out of Space as well. He's been kind of all over the shop, mostly Wally's Wonderland even, mostly lower budget, but really diverse films. Isn't this... So, I mean, I, this might be true. This might, I don't know. This is like something I heard once and I haven't fact-checked it or anything. But didn't he have like a massive mortgage to pay on a castle? I think it was a dinosaur skull, wasn't it? Yeah. Or something. Yeah. It's like yeah. a $300,000 dinosaur skull. All oh, right. He, he yeah. bought a di- there was a lot of bad investments. I think he bought uh, the most haunted house in New Orleans. Right. Um, and he did have a castle near Bath as well. And yeah, I, think I, also, thought he, I thought he had a castle. I didn't know you could get a mortgage for a dinosaur skull. But anyway. Yeah. Um, he, he bought like his own... Haven't you visited his own grave? No, in no. New he, has a, he has a tomb in New Orleans. That's and right. uh, now I interviewed the directors of uh, uh, Ghost Rider 2. And he, they told me that they drank peach schnapps with Nicolas Cage one night, got drunk. And then he said, hey, do you want to come see my tomb? And they, they <laughs> broke into the cemetery where his tomb is. And then the police turned up and they got chased out of the cemetery <laughs> at two in the morning uh, by police. And it's the best wow. story ever. That's wow. 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 Maybe that cost a lot. <laughs> the, the point being, I think, that's why he's done so much so recently I, and, you know, it, whatever. It's yeah, like I think that says, was truer 10 years ago. I think okay. there, was, there was a period where he, he was definitely working to pay the tax man, I think. I, think, I don't think that's a, I don't think I'm speaking out of turn. I, th- mm. I believe he's, he's talked about that in interviews. I think now we're on to more right. art right. for art's sake. Yeah, yeah. But he's, no, I mean, like in the last, in the last week, I sort of, yeah, Joe, Pig, Mandy, watched all and they're all great films i mean like especially i mean pig is is amazing it's pig almost like you know uh cage renaissance mcconaughey no i can't do it renaissance a cage renaissance um and again i think we someone said this earlier just very understated very subtle very great character layering building um so but then, then there's, there's all these other things he's done which just look nuts that i just haven't even bothered with. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the interesting thing about Pig, and we should probably all, uh, I don't know, I think it's on people's lists, but list. it, it actually benefits from him having done all these weird gonzo yeah. kind of almost horrors because I went into ex- expecting John Wick with a pig. Yep. Taken with bacon. <laughs> Taken with bacon, very good. <laughs> but, um, but that's not quite what it is. No, it, it's, it's amazing. It's like cage counter-programming. Every step of the way, it goes the opposite direction to what you expect him to be, like going crazy and hunting people down and, you know, turning them into bacon. Um, <laughs> but it's not that. It's like this really beautiful, quiet, introspective film. Hmm. And it has this amazing showdown with this chef halfway through that oh is oh just like, one of my favorite scenes yeah. of, of that year. Yeah. I, I love that film. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
And his chemistry with the pig is just <laughs> off the charts. Yeah. I wish the pig had been in it more. I mean, spoiler alert, but I wish the pig had been in it more. I really do. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they, I really felt a connection between the pig and Nicolas Cage. I wonder if they're related. <laughs> what? I don't believe so. Okay. I interviewed the director of Pig recently, and they said the pig was a very bad actor. Oh, no. Yeah. no, Paige had to put uh, food in his pockets at all time to get it to follow him around. And stuff. Sorry. Again, commitment. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> what you think the pig lacked commitment? Then yeah, afraid so. Such a diva. Can't Such believe it. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, am I the only person who loved Color Out of Space here? I actually liked it too, but it, it, I, I watched it. Sorry, again, kick me off. Kick me off this podcast. But I watched it after I submitted my list. I'm not sure it would have gone top 10, but I actually did enjoy it. It's really horrible. Mm. Oh, yeah. I mean, nasty, nasty stuff, like the stuff that happens with the, the, with the mum and the youngest child. And the alpaca. I, yeah. I wasn't so bothered about the alpacas or, you know. But, uh, but yeah, and, and I kind of, as, as, as someone who, you know, plays lots of, of, of board games involving H.P. Lovecraft, um, uh, like arcane horror and, and Arkham horror and, and Eldritch horror, those sort of things. It was kind of cool to see a film in which those things are referenced. Um, but uh, but yeah, and he starts off again. He sort of goes on this journey as a character, doesn't he? He's sort of like this slightly naff dad, which I could relate to, and um, and then and then turns into yeah, like crazy Nick Cage, and and that's quite a nice, you know, it's quite a fun arc to watch, and it's it's visually actually visually quite similar to Mandy in a lot of ways. It's definitely got a kind of a puce vibe to it. Mm. Yeah. Mandy, a, obviously, more scarlet. Yeah. There's a great line reading about alpacas in uh, Kalatos Place, which I enjoy. But speaking of other dad roles that he has played, it didn't make my list, but I really liked Mum and Dad, uh, which is an indie film released a few uh, years ago, in which, uh, again, it's that balance because he starts off sort of quite normal, and then there's a virus or so. That means that all the parents in the vicinity turn on their kids and he goes crazy. I think he takes it to a pool table at one point in the film and it's nuts. Um, I really, really enjoyed watching it. It's like, it's like joint 11th with a number of other films on my list. But yeah, it's really good. Don't remember it. Mum and Dad. Oh. It's, him and, it's him and Selma Blair, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah that's, I, I enjoyed that. I think that's Brian Taylor who, yeah. did, who did Ghost Rider 2. It's a lot better than that. Mm. But yeah, that's it. I've forgotten about that. Yeah. I've I've not seen that. There's so many. This is the th- problem with coming up with a top ten is that he's done so many, yeah. and there are quite a few that I just have not even. I mean, I, I wrote some down. Some Nicolas Cage films. Tell me if you've even heard of these, let alone seen <laughs> okay. them. A score to Should settle. Should we do hands up? Who's heard of them? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's take this out to the room. A score to settle. Anyone heard of that? No. Has anyone seen no hands? That's amazing. Literally nothing. Uh, I hope he settles the score. <laughs> between, now I need to watch it to find out. Right. Between Worlds. I've heard of that anyone one. Heard of I've, between heard, worlds? I've heard of that one. I haven't seen it though. Kill Chain. <laughs> That's how oh, yeah, awesome. You're making this <laughs> out. Kill Chain. There's one hand, two hands. Yeah. Okay. I'll do that. Someone's heard of it. Okay. Okay. Is there a chain okay. that he kills people with? <laughs> <laughs> it would be in the email chain. It's like a killer email. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nicholas Cage versus a killer email. Yeah. Replies I'm in. all. I'm in. I'm watching. Yeah. If you fail watch. to BCC, you die. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Grand Isle. What? Grand what? Grand Isle. Isle. A I. No, I. I L I S L E. Not. Sounds like an Alan Partridge project. Yeah. Grand Isle. That's not as bad as the rural Jura. I tried to watch Left Behind. 
last year because I was always vaguely weirdly and fascinated by that book series because I read about it being this massive phenomenon among sort of evangelicals once and I was like that sounds hilarious and um and it was not hilarious it was it was very tedious in fact so but I learned something is it like I the leftovers but but bad but it yes exactly the leftovers <laughs> with none of the salty set on a plane isn't it and, yeah he's a the world pilot uh, yeah. well basically um uh, all the good people get raptured and everyone else is left to go through um the end of the world I, I have seen it. I, I remember it for only one reason, which is that it's got the worst ever family photo. You know, in movies yes. where they have like a fat photo and they've photoshopped people's faces, all the actors' faces on together, and it is dreadful. They all look like gelflings from Dark Crystal. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. No disrespect to gelflings. They're lovely. but We like gelflings. We're pro-gelfling here. Yeah, it doesn't really work in that case. There's one other film I want to mention. This is probably going to be only on my list, but I really love it. Lord of War is a really great film, which has one of the best opening to the uh, credit sequences you will ever see, which is the life of a bullet. And they trace that all the way from beginning to putting it in the gun. It's really, really good. But the character um, that Nicolas Cage plays, Yuri, who sells weapons to warlords and everything else, he finds a really great balance between that salesmanship, which allows him to go gonzo at times, and this wounded to self-loathing, which really comes to the fore as the events of the film progress. And the, the end scene is, is also another film that really sticks with me. I really like it. It's very high on my list. I doubt it's on anybody else's from the chat. Sorry, that's yeah. not in mind. You guys. There's just so, there's so much, so isn't much. it? I mean, it's kind of like, it's like, it's like quality lesser cage, uh, if you like. Like, so for example, I really like Matchstick Men. That's what I'm saying. Which, uh, oh, well, sorry. No, no, go ahead. But yeah, yeah, which, which is a, like a Ridley Scott film. And he's, he's a con man with uh, OCD. And, um, and he's got a great double act with Sam Rockwell. That's really good. And Alison Lohman sort of, turns up as his daughter he only just found out about and she's absolutely fantastic in it as well. A really just really quality film mm. but just, just tends to get forgotten like Lord yeah. of War like um, The Weatherman yeah. I want to say. Yeah. yeah. I like The Family Man too. Family Man's decent. Yeah. What about The Wicker Man? Yeah. <laughs> I mean we, we haven't even mentioned the likes of Gone in 60 Seconds which oh. was you know Memphis said. Reigns. Memphis yeah. Reigns. Oh, I mean you can one. do the uh, Oh right. Okay, it's uh, <laughs> it can um, sometimes be hard to, to separate Cage from his, you know, to kind of these days. He's such a strong personality and so kind of eccentric, if that's the right word. It is. Um, I mean, these are, these are real facts about Nicolas Cage. Uh, he holds snakes to relax. He told, <laughs> told James and I that on a podcast once when he's stressed out. When he, wants, when, he's, when he wants to go to sleep, he drinks coffee. That's another thing. He was once stalked by mime artist while, while filming Martin Scorsese's Bringing Out the Dead. We haven't but, even mentioned the Martin Scorsese film. It's not very good. I mean, well, yeah, but you know. Sorry, Marty. We had to cover that. <laughs> and uh, here's an out of context Nicolas Cage quote. He said once in an interview, I'm a lizard, a shark, a heat-seeking panther. Right. <laughs> a what? <laughs> a heat-seeking panther. I didn't know that was a thing. Actually, yeah, you just reminded me from something. So, so I, I heard this. It was like on a roundtable interview with Nicolas Cage where someone asked him to, if he was a painting, mm -hmm. like if there was a painting that represented him, what would it be? And he was like, it's me on a surfboard. And the surfboard is going through space. Nicholas Cage for Silver Surfer confirmed. Not, I've not finished yet. <laughs> and the surfboard is on fire. Oh, wow. That's I've seen that painted on the side of a van. I mean, yeah. That's why he's I a Ghost Rider, isn't it? Yeah, yeah this is before Ghost Rider. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Kevin Feige, there's still time to cast him. Silver Surfer. 
Yeah, so what I mean is it's hard sometimes when you're watching a film where Nicolas Cage is meant to be like a regular guy and you're like, it's Nicolas Cage. That's he like a really, it's kind of easier to accept him as being like, you know, guy with his head on fire. Yeah, it is. Like, that makes more sense. Although he's, he, you know, he's very good and it could happen to you or, you know, one of those kind of slightly more d- toned down performances. He can do it. It's just, I think at this point, we're conditioned to expect, you know, John Wick with a pig. Mega acting. Mega acting. Neurogeminism. Okay, I'm going to attempt to bring up the top 10. Or rather, let me, let me do the fakey bit. All right, let me count up the votes. Okay, we're back. I've counted them. Good math. So You're like Nicolas works, Cage in Knowing. I'm, we haven't even mentioned Knowing, which is surprisingly good. It has a, a moose on fire. For a schlocky sci-fi. A it's kind of fun. There is a moose on fire. Okay, I'm not sure where I'm pointing this. Oh. It works. Number 10, far too low, Moonstruck. Ooh, I should see that then. It's super good. Mega baking. So good. Mega baking. He's a baker who takes her to the opera. I mean, 10 out of 10, five stars, can't go wrong. Absolutely superb. Um, Also a rare case of an actress getting a younger male um, romantic interest in a movie. And it was was directed by the guy who did that Irish film where Jamie Dornan thinks he's a bee, right? It's... Oh, what, what oh is, that film? Yeah. What? what is that film called and what is the director called? It was the called? wildest film of last year. Um, yeah, Wild Mountain Time. Wild yeah. Mountain Time, thank Gosh, you. Gosh, that yes. ending to that film is... is yeah. 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 Look, it's, <laughs> it's completely On nice. behalf of my people, we refuse to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Nicholas Cage could have nailed the Irish accent. Just saying. <laughs> nailed it. Um, baby. Um, but anyway, Moonstruck, fantastic. Anybody who hasn't seen it, it is streaming now on, I want to say Netflix. Um, so you should definitely get on that because it's fantastic. Uh, number nine. Yes. Only nine. Vegas. Only really? Nine. Yeah, I He won nine. an Oscar for this movie. Yeah, but is it his best movie? Yeah. I'll be honest, it didn't make my list. Really? Oh, it's yeah. a very good film. It's very good. Yeah. It's very, very good. But it's not subtle, you know? Yeah. <laughs> nor nor it, is it. No, it's not fun either. Yeah, yeah it? it's not fun. Well, at no point do he and Elizabeth Shue switch faces. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> well, no. It's a very good point. But Very I mean, you know, you should have some respect because the guy who wrote this did kill himself just before they started filming the film. All right. Wow. Way to bring the movie. Bring, bring the movie. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. So you can, make all, you can make all your jokes about leaving Las Vegas, but you know. Well, now I feel bad for not voting it higher, but yeah. not really because Number they're nine, much better Someone films died for this film. Oh. Thank you, Dan. I- okay. Ironically, Nicolas Cage now lives in Las Vegas, proof that he never left it. Whoa. Did he go on honeymoon there? Yes. Okay. <laughs> that was definitive if you heard the sureness there in Nick's voice. Number eight, Mandy. Yes. I think this should be higher. I love that. That's right next to leaving Las Vegas. <laughs> D- Dan, did you not have a theory about Nicolas Cage and trees? Well, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's, uh, he seems to be like, like we were talking about the haunted forest earlier. Mm. He definitely has an affinity to forests and trees because Mandy, he plays a lumberjack. He starts True. off in yep. the forest yep. uh, being a lumberjack. In Joe, he, Is he starts okay? off. What? Sorry? Is he okay? Is he what? Is he a lumberjack and he's okay? It's a Monty Python joke, Dan. (laughs) (laughs) Three steps behind. Uh, In man, uh, no, I've said Mandy. In Joe, he he poisons trees. He's not a lumberjack. He poisons trees. And then, of course, in Pig, he starts off in the the woods. Colorado Space lives in the forest. He lives out in the forest. So there you go. That's... That seems to be a cage meme now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Whoa. Or if theme. you go into the woods today, <laughs> you're in for a big surprise. Nicholas Cage screaming Nicholas with Cage. a chainsaw. <laughs> okay. So maybe stay out of the woods today then, kids. Yeah. All right. Number seven. 
Connor. Oh, That's that. too low. That, this is Dan's fault entirely. <laughs> I you... fucked the list. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. It's, it's my least favourite of the three Cage action movies, but it's still very much worthy of being in the top ten. Like, even that picture's stupid. Which, yeah, which, which bit of the film is this? Is this when they've landed in Vegas? What's... I don't know. That's Spoiler, the bit, that's they the bit where they're in shooting and, and a bomb goes off. Is this, is this in the desert? Is this when in they the do the refueling? Right, when he's trying to get back on... Okay, I'm sorry, that was yeah. just my own um, peace of mind. Look at that jump. It's <laughs> incredible. Look oh. at those bootcut jeans. The 90s, man. It's very 90s, his outfit there, yeah. isn't it? it is. The hair is... I don't think that was ever in style, that hair. I think that, that hair is... <laughs> It's special and unique, and it just says. Do you think he borrowed Bruce Willis's vest from Die Hard? <laughs> <laughs> now I do. From, from the beginning of Die Hard, it was it was like brown by the well, end. We washed it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <That's> nice. <laughs> Number six, pig. Wow. Oh. Terrible acting from that pig. Look at that. I, I feel it's that should, I feel that should be higher, but it's very recent, isn't it? It's almost kind of like well done on that film for 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 getting getting in there. Mm given the competition that's very established. I mean, there are lots of Nicolas Cage films. So yeah. Well, yeah. But it was my number four. I absolutely love Pig. If you haven't seen Pig, watch Pig. That'll do Pig. And Sorry, it, a pig had to die for this film, so, you know. <laughs> John! You have to be guilted into watching Some people may not have seen it. Yeah. Oh, sorry. The pig's fine, everybody. The pig's fine. fine. Pig definitely makes it to the end of the movie. <laughs> okay. Number five. Oh, my God. Red there Rock Reds. That is wow. intense. You don't want that in your face. <laughs> Dennis Hopper, worst Uber driver ever. Um, <laughs> this, this film is almost impossible to find, by the way, but if you go to eBay, there's like a German DVD for 50 pounds. Um, or, or it's on Vimeo. It's, or, yeah. So yeah, literally oh, type in, yeah. watch yeah. Red Rock West on Google, page one. It's a, there's a Vimeo link to it, which is wild. But yeah, I'm very glad I watched this a couple of days ago. It is very high on my list, and five seems about right. I might actually have it even higher. It's the most underrated cage, I would say. It's the cage people don't know about, but now you do. Is it, is it the best cage movie with the, with the word uh, rock in the title? No. No. No, no. Dan. No. We all know the Let's answer find, to that is... Let's find out. Okay. <laughs> Number four. Ooh, Adaptation. That should be higher. Should it be? We've said that about quite a few films recently. Yeah, they should all be higher. Every, all be higher. We've got ten-way tie for number one. Yeah. <laughs> the ranking. Um, yeah, that is. And look, we've got one reading the Orchid Thief and one reading. Oh yeah, story. Also, a film in which Nick Cage is being hunted down to be killed by Meryl Streep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you don't get I enough of that. What is that? Yeah. <laughs> is this his worst hair? Yeah, I was just thinking that. No, Conair. Conair's the best. This is the <laughs> Terrible hair. Terrible hair. <laughs> and he wore a fat suit for this, apparently. So he didn't, oh. he didn't commit to putting the weight on. Oh. I was mean, that's, that's probably good for his health. Yeah. Yeah. Was the Oscar nominated for this? Yes, he was. He was. Mm. Should have won. Mm. Yeah. And technically won. speaking, there should, be a, there should be a full stop at the end of the title. Why? That's just how it's written. Really? Adaptation, period. Oh. Yeah. There you go. We've learned something today. Did you know that this is one of um, only a few, a few times where a fictional person has been nominated for an Oscar? Because the writing is is attributed to Charlie Kaufman and his brother, yeah. uh, who does not in fact exist. Yeah. Oh. Not the only fictional person to have an Oscar nomination. Anyone else? Uh, Roderick. Oh, the quiz is over, Helen. Roderick James. <laughs> yeah, Roderick the, the James. The fake editor. The fake editor of the Coen Brothers films, uh, who doesn't actually exist. Come on. Number Come three. On. Face... This should be higher. I know we've said that, but uh, it Nick, should be. Does, this is correct. Does anyone advice. take their face off in this film? 
<laughs> two people at least that we know of. That we know of. I, I always wonder if there's a deleted scene where he does just eat a peach for hours. Uh, whether Cage, Cage did that as part of his research, I wouldn't put it past him. Did you know uh, before Travolta was cast, who was uh, originally in that role opposite Cage? Kilmer. Yeah. Really? Yeah, really? Val Kilmer was cast yeah. for. I think it was a few months, and then he was a dick, and they completely replaced him. I'm, I'm sorry, that era, Val Kilmer, and mm. that era, Nicolas Cage together. Mm. Wow. Would have been better. That would have yeah. been yeah. impossible to control. <laughs> <laughs> there would have been no, no way to direct that. Contain them. Can you imagine? Yeah. I, I, wanted Danny to be, to I wanted Danny to be so. And we're getting a sequel to this film, right? I think Face Off 2 has been. Oh, yeah, no, that yeah. is actually happening. Yeah. It Somebody is. better be talking to Jason Statham about um, starring in that after spy. You know, uh, he needs to go on the face-off machine. It needs to happen. How, Who directed um, Godzilla vs. Kong? What's that guy's name? Michael Doherty? Doherty? No. 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 Somebody? Anybody? Anyone? Oh, Adam Wingard. Adam Wingard. Adam Wingard. Yeah, Adam Wingard's doing face-off too. That is, that is a true fact. Never going to happen. <laughs> Never going to happen. It's going to happen. With those two? Uh, no, 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 no. Well, with new people. I think yeah. with new right? people. But Jason Statham. I can listen to existence. Because as we've established today, Jason Statham looks the same in all of his films. You need someone <laughs> who can like, create a difference between the two characters. So. Okay, number two. It's all to play for now, people. Oh, number boy. two. Oh, boy. Raising Arizona. Oh, oh, some, some unhappiness at this. It's a great movie. Nobody takes over Alcatraz, but it's a great movie. It's really good. Uh, it's just got that manic, like Looney Tunes energy. Of uh, it's, it's uh, when you're in the mood for it, it's incredible. Yeah, you don't get a lot of better quintuplet acting than you do in this film. Like, <laughs> there's, true. you know, very impressive quintuplets. The, the first yeah. ten minutes, not, not to speak, not to say the other hundred or so minutes are bad, but the first ten minutes of this film, especially setting up the tone setting up the characters in a very economical way. It's really great filmmaking. Yeah, it's That's one true. of the best pre, pre-titles sequences mm. ever. It's really it? long. It's a really yeah. long pre-title yeah. sequence. You know, almost, almost as long as No Time to Die is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, are we ready for the mystery number one? What could it what be? What could it be? Walmart. Oh, oh, the tension. <laughs> yes! yes! It's Dan Jolin's wow. favorite film. Here we see... I like this one. Oh, okay, good. I like this one. This okay. one was good casting. This one is good. great, yeah. Okay. And Can we there... cut the chit-chat a-hole? <laughs> I was just wondering, what's his best line of dialogue in this film? And why is it, you're the rocket man? <laughs> uh, I quite like how in the name of Zeus's butthole yeah. did you get out but of he doesn't. That was Nick Cage's decision not to swear. He didn't want the character to swear. Mm, That's why Stanley doesn't swear. so close to hearing Arnie say Zeus's butthole. <laughs> uh, I know. Well, we'll just have to make up with him playing Zeus in that Super Bowl commercial, I guess. But, <laughs> but I mean, could he have handled... ZX gas in the very delicate Chain of Pearls format like that as delicately as did Cage in this film. I say no. He would have dropped it. He would have dropped it. (laughs) Butterfingers. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Amazing. It is. It is. I will admit my favorite scene in the movie is one he's not really in, which is the the shower room scene. With Michael Bean. Yeah. Michael Bean bit is phenomenal, but it's a fucking great movie. I like the bit with Sean Connery with the coin going like that on the glass. It's <laughs> brilliant. That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. I think the, the the best shot is one of the last shots where he's on his knees, yeah. flares in this guy, slow yeah. motion. Yeah. I mean, 
pure yeah. Michael iconic. Bay. Iconic. Yeah. Iconic. It's yeah. Michael yeah. Bay at his actual good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead yeah. of. I went on holiday oh to San Francisco once and I did recreate that shot outside. <laughs> <laughs> it's really embarrassing. Oh. It didn't look as cool. Yeah. Please tell me there are pictures of that. <laughs> I feel like if you go to Alcatraz and don't spend your entire visit saying <laughs> lines the from rock. The Rock, <laughs> you have messed up. Like you have failed in some way. Yeah, you get kicked out for shouting about Zeus's butthole. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, worth it. I think we all feel good about this, right? And criteria agrees. Quite so, good, yeah. You know, they know what they're doing. Everybody yeah. agree in the room? Yes, I'm taking that as universal accord, even though about three people <laughs> said yes. Well, that is it for this Nicolas Cage live ranking. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks to John, Amon, Nick, and Dan. We Woo! are done. Nicolas Cage's ranks. Mm -hmm.